Alright guys, let's do this. Purple. Anon. Mike. Damn it, did I get the wrong day again? just wanted to take a minute before the show to announce the winner of the Kate 6 figure. The winner is Brandon Kamiola Spielman from Hawaii. Probably butchered that name, but congratulations. Anon will be sending that to you soon, and we will email you with any further information. Uh, thanks for everyone who entered the contest. It was fun, and we will be having another giveaway soon for a couple of Destiny Legal News magazines, so st stay tuned for that. Make sure it starts recording. Okay, cool. <laughs> you got this. Ready? Yep. Okay. Welcome, Guardians, to Destiny Lorecast. I'm Purple Chimera, and with, with us this week, we have Mythos Mike. How are you, Mike? Good. It's a little, a little quiet in here. Yeah. Little, used to TJ, just, or uh, used to Anon just being like, I'm Anon, I'm loud, and everyone needs to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Anon. Um, and with, with us this week, we have special guest, Vasily. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Very good. Awesome. Well, we have a special episode this week. We're going to be talking about the Vault of Glass and Greek mythology. This is a theory that Vasily originally posted on Reddit, and we will link to that if you're interested in reading his original post. In the meantime, please tell us your theory. Um. Well, I will give you the shortest version I can, but feel free to ask any questions along the way. Um, so over the past couple of years, I've just been learning Greek as a, as a matter of interest and part of my course material that I have to learn. Um, and you like you do, you know, like, like one does <laughs> in school, right? I mean, you got to have your ancient languages. Um, and then, you know, having played Destiny since the first first day, been very excited about it, loved all the lore, but never really uh, made any solid connections other than just a general, oh, okay, there's some Greek basis for this, you know. Um, and then for the Age of Triumph video, when he, he being the speaker, uh, he pronounced it Atheon instead of, in my understanding, was the standard Atheon, uh, which got me thinking, you know, why, is that just the way he talks or is there something more to that? Um, is there a precedence for pronouncing the A one way versus the other? Uh, which just started an insane rabbit trail of um, just reading some of the, the source material, reading a lot of, the, like, an insane amount of the grimoire, um, and just delving into why I think they named things the way they did. I think I can and will argue that every name actually carries a ton of meaning, um, and they're all transliterated uh, pretty much one-to-one -one from ancient Greek. <coughs> Sorry, I don't actually talk that much now out loud. It's, it's, a, it's a new muscle that I'm working. <laughs> why, don't worry about it. So when we, when we look at Atheon, uh, we'll maybe delve back into that uh, a little bit later. Um, I, I sort of think it's actually not uh, Atheon as in like not God or not like atheistic or any sort of that route. But we'll get back into that. Um, I, th I think the best example is if we look on... Look at somebody like Hudron, um, 
their their grimoire says basically they've come from the future back into the prison of elders to gain glory um, through battle uh, is essentially what it is. Uh, but if if you take that and you think about um, ancient Greece, that that was a pretty common principle. I mean, you don't need to know much about Greece to know that glory was gained through battle um, and through defeating your opponents. Uh, and that had a specific name, and that name was kudos. So when we talk about glory gained through battle, we we would say the word kudos. Um, and there's no there's no Q in ancient Greek. Um, that that sound would be made by the kappa or K, uh, as we would call it. So you see, right? You'd have K U D O S um, would be the word, but the ending. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about languages. I don't know a ton about a ton of different languages, but I feel I feel like I'm an intermediate when it comes to uh, Greek. The endings change depending on what part of the sentence it is and also what um, gender it is. So there's there's your masculine, you have your feminine, and then you have your neuter. And neuter is what you would expect from killer robots of the future that probably don't have a gender of masculine or feminine. Um, and that has the N ending. Um, so when we if we're going to talk about a killer robot from the future who's come to gain battle glory, kudon would be the exact word that you would use. Um, and all of the different names, I think, have that same transliteration pattern. They're all just qualities um, that get turned to the neuter and then transliterated, so move from one language to another, so from Greek to English. Um, so you see those small changes. So the the upsilon or U becomes a Y. Um, and then the K, a kappa from Greek becomes a Q. Um, so this might be something I'll, um, maybe I'll even just make a quick post on Reddit about this so you can see what it looks like. Um, but basically you take something like Theos Yuan is one of the names of the Vex Axis Mines. Um, and that comes from two, I would argue, comes from two different words, theos, which is God, and yuan, which is son. So son of God or God's son or something along those lines. Um, and then you can go through and see them all. Curia, I would argue, comes from curia, which is lady, as as opposite of lord, right? Like a lord is a master that's a um, male, and curia would be a master that's a female. Um, so I'll post that and you can see, and I quote a couple of my posts and we can go through them later or whatever if you'd like. Uh, but it doesn't really make sense to say them out loud. But um, I would argue that they're all one-to-one, -one, just some Greek quality um, translated into the neuter. I don't, does that make sense? Like, is that? Well, it certainly seems a little bit too much of a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? If you have, so the first gate lord that we take the eye from, his name is Zydron which if you change that Y to a Upsilon, because again, there's no Y in ancient Greek, it's usually used by the Upsilon, mm -hmm. uh, it becomes Hydra. Like the classic Greek hero, right? You have to defeat the Hydra to get past the gate. Right. Right. Um, mm -hmm. When the, the first Axis mind we take out gets replaced in, I think it's the Taken King. Um, his name is Secreon. Yeah. That's just second. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. he's the second Axis mind. Um, so, I, again, I agree with you. It seems like way too much of a coincidence that it's the same pattern over and over and over again. Um, so that got me on this, like I said, like stacks of books 
and just like a hundred tabs open on my browser um, rabbit trail of, okay, so how does that apply to the Vulcan glass? Um, and the one thing I think everybody agrees on with the VEX is that there's this set of three, right? We always see this set of three. Um, when you're doing the raid, um, you're in wherever you are in the vault of glass and you get transported to Venus or Mars. And then there's this big argument. Well, no, one is past and one is future. Um, and presumably we're in the present. Uh, and then they get that from when you go to the black garden, right in the black garden, you also have a set of three. Uh, you have the soul primeval, you have the soul imminent and you have the soul eschaton, which is typically, so people will say, well, primeval is obviously first, imminent is present, and eschaton is like end time. So that's like the future. Um, but if you're a basic to intermediate Greek student, you would know that eschaton is not end times. It's actually last. So like in a, in a list, it's the very last one is eschaton. Um, so I would argue that it's, it's not future. It's end, last, final. Um, and then same for imminent. Imminent doesn't mean present. It actually means soon, right? When we talk about... Um, you know, yeah, I don't even know what things like are imminent. But the the next the thing that's happening, <laughs> I guess. Pardon? Like the next thing that's happening. Yeah, exactly. Of? You know, like. That makes sense. Tomorrow is imminent, but it's not today. Right. You know, there, there's an important distinction there. Um, so looking at those uh, soul progeny, and again, progeny is a very straightforward word, right? Meaning the children of, we use progeny in normal, well, maybe not normal speech, but if we're trying to impress people, we would say progeny. Yeah, it's a familiar word to English speakers. Yeah, exactly. That was a, a perfect way to put it. I'm going to write that down and copy that and pretend like I invented it. <laughs> uh, right, and then you see in weapons and armor, we see this same set of three. We see Praetith, right? Uh, Praetith's revenge, he has, his fall hasn't happened yet because it's already happening and it will happen again. Right, we see... We see these sets of three, and I think, as far as I understand, nobody's really arguing against that. Um, that's sort of one of the things of the Vex. But what I'm going to say is that those sets of three are not past, present, and future. Those sets of three are birth, life, and death. Uh, and when we talk about Greek mythology, um, the first thing that comes to mind, at least to my mind, is fate, right? Um Fate in Greek isn't an abstract concept. It's actually um, personified in these three sisters. There's the sister. Uh, I'm going to read this so I get it right because that would be embarrassing if I got it wrong. <laughs> um, but if you think of like the cartoon Hercules movies or anything like that, right? Like y you see these three sisters pretty regularly. Yeah, and most of the time they're just called the fates. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Um, they're not referred to. Yeah, they're just called the Fates. Um, and so their, uh, their names, and they'll come up again, and I would argue quite a bit. Um, their names are Clotho, who's the spinner. So she puts the thread onto the spindle. Um, there's Lexus, which may or may not be related to another character, but we'll get into that possibly. Uh, she measures out the line. So um, she is as representative of... Life. So how long, what's your lifespan? Right? Um, which we see referenced in Prelist timepiece. He says it measures out the span. 
and then cuts it, um, which the cutting is death, right? Again, sure. I, I actually really like that cartoon Hercules movie. I have the worst taste in movies. I, I love uh, that movie too. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, it's we so good. Two-person fan club. And <laughs> basically, right, they, they go to cut the, the cord, and because he's immortal, it turns gold, blah, blah, blah. But the, the idea is that cord cutting is death. Right. And so we see, um, at least for the Greeks, there's no such thing as past, present, future, but there is birth, life, and then death. Um, and that's further um, personified in another sort of set of three. There's a couple sets of three, but I think the two that are relevant are fate, which we talked about and we could talk about again if we need to, um, and Persephone. And the reason I think um, it's relevant to the vaults of glass is so in, okay, so can you guys hear that baby crying? Yeah. That's a sad baby. Um, she's very dramatic. <laughs> Mine are too. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is probably wrong. Like, so, you know, we can, uh, we can just enjoy that sound. It's my absolute favorite. <laughs> It is really funny because I can basically guarantee you right now what's wrong is that it's not she wanted me to be the one to take her to the bathroom, not not me. <laughs> so that's the problem. It's not the expected. Anyway, um, I don't know if it's better to just wait. I don't know how loud that is. I mean, I can hear it, but it's oh, not okay. particularly loud. Yeah, it's incredibly loud. Yeah, sure, because um, it's in your house. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'm just always conscious, like, you know, some mics will pick up sound particularly. Yeah. Um, like, you can, sometimes if we're playing on PSN, like, I have this one friend, and, like, his mic just somehow is zoned in on Baby Cry. Like, the second any baby, it's just like, ear-shattering loud. Anyway, so we, we talk about this set of three, um, this birth-life-death, and that's best personified in Greek as the story of Persephone and Demeter. Uh, so I'll just quickly run through the story. In short... Uh, Demeter is the goddess of um, grain, crops, uh, basically life in the ancient world, and fertility, but not of people. So fertility of crops, basically. Um, and so her daughter, Persephone, catches the eye of Hades, and he decides, I want Persephone as my wife. So he um, talks to Zeus, they figure it out, they hatch a plan, Zeus okays it, and uh through a flower, which may or may not be relevant to the Black Garden, I'm not 100% sure, he entices Persephone and then sort of lures her away on her own, away from Athena and, I want to say Artemis, um, and captures her and takes her into the underworld. And while she's in the underworld, um, her mother, Demeter, basically gets very upset, wanders around um, looking for her, can't find her, stops, talks to these people called the Eleusians, and um, while talking to the Luthians, has this other adventure. Um, but because she can't find her daughter, she's not fulfilling her role as goddess of crops and fertility. So everything starts dying. And um, as you might imagine, without food, people will very quickly die. Um, that's just a fact about life that I've heard <laughs> all the time. I hope you know that. <laughs> I hope most people have figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
gravity to throw into the post, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, a, it is a, quite the tragedy when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the crops start dying. So the gods sort of get together and like, okay, listen, here's the story. You need to get Persephone. You need to figure this out. Um, so Demeter um, and Hermes travel to the underworld and rescue Persephone. Except as in all Greek stories, there's this catch, right? Because the fates, um, the sisters of fate have ordained that anybody who eats in the underworld must stay in the underworld. So while Persephone was in the underworld with her husband Hades, she basically ate six or four seeds, depending on who's telling the story. And so as a result, she needs to stay in the underworld and is imprisoned in the underworld between four and six months of the year. So this cycle begins through her story. Um, And this cycle is like a pretty core structure of Greek life Um, and life in general in the ancient world. And that structure is the birth, the green stalk, sort of when they first plant it, Um, life and the mature green, the grain waited to be harvested, and death, which is the harvest, right? So when they actually harvest the grain, that's death. and, well, so, and, talk, and this is also, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this also the, their mythos to explain like the seasons changing? Yes, exactly. For the name drop. Yeah. Yeah, this is when, this is how the seasons change. Um, this is why the seasons change, not just, you know, what's happening, but, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, like, not some cycle of seasons that we would explain it as North Americans, but because of the pattern of the gods, what they're doing, what they're up to, that's why we have seasons. Um, And so when we talk about how is this related to the vault, so Demeter's daughter, her progeny, if you will, is seen in this way. Uh, And I have a quote here from Wikipedia that, first of all, I love Wikipedia. I've always liked Wikipedia. It's awesome. But now that it's not an official paper and I can just use Wikipedia as much as I want, it's the literal best. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot believe the amount of data you can gather in like 30 seconds. Um, well, and it's even useful when you have, this is like totally unrelated, but when you have um, a, re- a research paper and you don't know where to start, you can go yeah. to Wikipedia and then just click yep. on the sources and then yep. you have sources. Look at that. I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, and it gets you right to the primary sources, which I like, right? Yes. Like, um, if mm-hmm. I want to study Homer, like, I want to read what Homer wrote. I don't want to read, you know, what some guy in the 15th century thought. Right. Like, I mean, I guess I do, but first I want to start with Homer. <laughs> right. And then work backwards from there or forward. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so anyway, um, so Persephone, this is the quote, um, just so you don't think this is my original thought. Persephone is not the only... Not only the younger self of Demeter, she is in turn one of the three guises of the triple goddess. So there's Kor, the youngest, the maiden, signifying green green, Persephone, the middle, signifying ripe green, and Hectate, the eldest of the three, the harvest is green. Um, so I'm going to say this is the same cycle we see in the Vex. Uh, we see this in all their names, in the flavor text, in the armor, in the guns, um, in, in the hidden grimoire. We see that. We see it in the soul progeny, especially, right, as we're talking about. We see the precursors and the primeval, both of which signify beginning. The descendants and the imminence, uh, the imminent 
like the soul imminent vex, sorry, indicating life. Um, if you look at the art, those guys are the same, by the way, like their uh, style, the precursors in the primeval. Um, and then we have the a the affix. I think they dropped the s there. I have asphyx for some reason. Um, oh right, now I remember why. I have asphyx invasive and eschaton. Um, to asphyxiate, right, comes from the two Greek words, the negative particle a, right, which is almost always in Greek. When you see an a, it means not something. Mm -hmm. um, and then the sphyx is from pulse, basically the throbbing pulse in your chest, so not pulse, which is okay. death, right? Huh. That's logical. So <laughs> the asphyx invasive, we That's think immediately this is death. Right. You know, um, and then again, eschaton is not end, it's last. Um, and so I, I think we have this beginning, life, and death. Which I would, I would admit, if this was the only thing I had, it's pretty weak. It's not the best evidence. It's neat. You know, I would categorize it as interesting if true. Um, but when we start to dig a little deeper, I would say that not only was this Bungie's original intention, they intended for us to discover this. So we look at the name Vault of Glass. Where, where is the Vault of Glass? It's on Ishtar Venus. Sink. Right? It's an Ishtar sink on Venus. Now, there's another parallel myth that the Babylonians and other Mesopotamians tell um, of Ishtar. And specifically, they tell of Ishtar's descent. And Ishtar is the goddess of uh, crops and grain and fertility. She is the personification of Venus, like the planet Venus. Um, so her, her story of going into the underworld uh, to rescue somebody is called the descent of Ishtar, which again, I would say is like so incredibly close to Ishtar's sink um, that it can't be accidental. Um, especially when you consider she's the personification of Venus. Sure. So she, when she sinks into the underworld, um, it says that she basically has this interaction with gates and gatekeepers. That's, that's the things that she has to get through. So there's these series of gates and a series of gatekeepers, and then she's eventually able to get down to the underworld, rescue her love, and get out. Um, and again, while she's gone, all crops die. Um, for her, it's a little bit more severe because it's all animals and people as well, and, and people stop having um, intercourse. People stop, um, animals stop having inter... Sorry, let me refer to that. People don't. Animals do. Um, and again, right, food is life. You need to eat to live. It's a major problem when she's gone. When she comes up, it's a good thing. Everybody's happy. They have festivals. They throw rice in the air. You know, they're just jacked about it. Um, so I would say the parallel between these two myths is that somebody is taken captive. The goddess of crops descends into the underworld to spring them from their prison. And most importantly, it describes the cycle of grain or any crop, really. Uh, birth, life, and death. And the stakes, if she does not return from the underworld, are death. And both of these goddesses ultimately achieve victory. And there are some caveats, of course, but they do ultimately achieve victory. They're able to escape. They're able to get out and be free. So coming mm. back to the vault, I would say that's what's happening. The Vex are trying to escape this inevitable doom they see. 
Um, and the pattern that they see, uh, a couple places it says the Vex, right? Prelis says the Vex only see the pattern. And that pattern I think that they see is birth, life, and death. And they don't want to end a death. I would argue that the nature of the vault is not a fortress, but it's a prison. And possibly that's related to the fruit of the Black Garden, but now I'm not so sure because since I wrote this, I've done an incredible amount of research and we can talk about that when we get there. <laughs> you can tell that I like to read things. <laughs> I like to read things too. I don't actually play this game. I just read about it on the internet all the time. Um, right. <clears throat> I, I don't remember the last time I signed into Destiny because I have been reading about Destiny. Yeah, pretty which much. I can't decide which is more noble. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is very interesting. Um, I, I think there's absolutely no argument that, that this was, if nothing else, inspired. Like, I mean, it, it's just way too much to be a coincidence. Um, there was a theory, we had a, a guy on a while back who, who had a theory about the Vault of Glass as well, that his theory was that the Vault of Glass was the Vex attempt at a throne world. Yeah, I listened to that actually. Yeah. So I've, I've been thinking about that, um, while you've been talking to see if I can push the two together and, and I don't know that they're necessarily mutually exclusive, but I've been trying to figure out if that... If they'll, if they could both be true, I don't, I don't know if they're both true, but I would agree that they're not mutually exclusive. I think ultimately, um, the Vex have this ability. Um, you know, they talk a lot about how Vex don't have paracausal power, and so that's how we're able to defeat them. Um, but Vex have an ability to look at what people who have paracausal power, so Oryx, right? He he does things that sidestep reality. Um, and he has this ontological weaponry um, that the Vex don't have. Uh, arguably, they have it in the Vault of Glass, but they don't have it outside that. And they're able to somehow simulate that and figure out how they have that. And from there, able to run these experiments, right? Um, so when Curia is... Um, thrown into this world, basically, or enters this world. Um, it says that she shuts down her weapons when she's realized nothing, nothing good is going to come with this. She shuts down her weapons, puts all her spare resources into sending telemetry to the greater Vex. There will be points at space and time where this data is vital. There will be great projects undertaken in the study of this ontological power, this throne space. Um, I don't necessarily think they're trying to set up a throne space so much as it gives us an idea that when the Vex run into a problem like this, they start experimenting and they start finding ways around this. Um, and I would argue that ultimately the Guardians are the way around this um, and that we're the ones who come in, defeat this power that is enslaving them and set them free. Um, for example, when the we see the Vex, like where do they put all their resources? Mars and Venus. They care nothing for the moon. Um, there's no Vex artifact there. There's no Vex presence there. There's no, um, as far as I know, even hints, other than, again, I'd argue the Exo Stranger following us to the moon. Um, because I think the Vex have an ability that Oryx wishes he had where they know the future. Right? They're able to see into the future. They're able to see their death. Um, and they know it's not by Oryx's hand. And so for them, Oryx is a side, a side note, a side project. Maybe it'll be dealt with another time, but it's not 
the pressing issue. So then what, is that what they are doing when they call us back to the vault to get rid of the taken? Oh, absolutely. I think that's not even, um, that's not even hidden. Uh, they, you know, Prada says like, um, you've, you've saved the Vex, uh, but they, they won't thank you for it. They won't spare the city. Um, but you've freed them from their end, right? Um, and whether or not we helped Praetith in some way, I don't know, but it's certainly, and they do it again with the Fallen, right? They're like, the Fallen are here. You should come in and check it out. And we're like, all right, that seems great. Let's do that. Um, because, right, Guardians run headfirst into battle without a second thought. Um, right. For who we're fighting or why, you know, what, I mean, there's all these theories going around. Is Traveler good or bad? Or is the darkness even really dark? But we don't know. Like, we just, the first thing we see, we shoot it. You know, I, I've never played that Kratos Revenge mission with people and been able to have them not shoot the Vex that are there. I'm like, but they're not shooting. You don't, they're like, no, let's get them. Titan smash. You know, like, <laughs> right. That's, that's just the mentality. Um, whether or not that's right. I mean, ultimately, it's a game. I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm just saying, like, there's this idea that we don't, we don't know who we're fighting, you know, um, mm. or why. What about Mercury? The Mercury. Like why would they be on Mercury? Right. Um, I don't know. That's a really great question that I had literally not thought of until this exact second. I'm gonna write that down. The Mercury card says. Okay. Um, legends say that Mercury was once a garden world. Now its surface, baked in the sun's glare, is honeycombed with forgotten Vex structures. No life stirs here. Not anymore. Right. Um, I've heard somebody say, I don't know who, but basically the garden was in Mercury and they moved it to somewhere accessible through Mars. Um, whether that's on a future Mars or past Mars, um, I don't know. Um, mm. but I'm going to look into that and I will let you know because that it, it's interesting for sure. Well, and if I remember correctly, I've not actually ever been to the lighthouse in the game, but, um, the, I believe there are Vex carcasses there. I, I think so. I mean, certainly the Vex have been there, um, in some time, what they did there, I don't know. But certainly, and, and I mean, part of the whole Vex thing is that they're mysterious, right? Like, we we kind of know what the Hive are doing. We kind of get what the Fallen are doing. I mean, unless there's some big shift that we don't see in the Cabal, like, they're pretty straightforward. Whereas the Vex, it's... All of their cards, for example, are, it is my hypothesis that... Right. It's a guess that this is... But they're in some way inscrutable, right? We don't know what they're up to, um, which I think is actually an important point. Um, there's this idea of subversion about the whole Vex, right? Um, like I said, there's all this hypothesis. We don't know. This is my best guess. Um, when we look at the Grimoire carbs of the Vex, like, who made the vault? Did Atheon make the vault? Did the vault make Atheon? We don't know, right? Like, we, who knows? Pahannon's book is called the Pahannon Errata, which is, like, copy errors, basically, um, so whether that's the hand is pointing out errors or it's full of errors or somewhere in between, I don't, right. So we have this idea that we don't know what's happening, um, with the Vex. And I think, 
I think the reason that we don't know what ha- is happening isn't necessarily just um, Bungie taking liberty with making it mysterious for no reason. Um, when we talk about Persephone and we talk about Demeter um, and we talk about worship, the cult that worships Demeter and um, Persephone is uh, in the hymn of hymn of Demeter, which is a Homeric hymn. Um, he talks about when Persephone is like wandering, she stops, or Demeter, sorry, Persephone's mother, she stops and talks with the Eleusians. Um, and this sets up basically the, the Eleusians as the cult center for worship of Demeter and Persephone. And specifically, it's a mystery cult. And so it's so mysterious that you're not, you can't show up there. If you show up there and you don't have an answer for why you're there, they kill you. If you tell somebody about the cult, they kill you. Uh, and it actually only, it only came to light this cult long after it was um, made because people were converting from this cult um, to Christianity and they would talk about it in Christian circles. Um, and they would, you know, because of the popularity of Christianity, um, we have actually some of that writing. And so we see this cult is sort of a, an incredibly, um, you know, you could almost think of it like the Illuminati. Like people kind of have, I'm not saying I believe in the Illuminati just for the record, just so you get the idea of like the level of secrecy and influence that they would have had. Um, but that it was specifically and purposely meant to be hidden. Right. Right. And so I think there's there's even evidence that those that cult specifically is referenced in the Vault of Glass and I would say the Black Garden. So much so that the more I read it, the more I think that when we come into the Black Garden, right, we see the Vex, they're worshipping. They're worshipping this unknown entity. And that unknown entity gives life to the soul progeny. And I would say probably the entity is in some way Demeter and the soul progeny is her daughter, the triplicate Persephone. And don't worry, I do have real sources for that. (laughs) Because that's a far out theory, right? Um, Now, again, this is, I I think the, what I was saying about Persephone and Ishtar and the gatekeeper, I think that's all like, seems like they want us to know that. Um, I actually, I was wondering if there was some unwritten lore rule about going to the myth and then extracting from the myth to the lore, um, because no one was really talking about that, but I I do think we're meant to find that. Whereas this is now, this becomes speculation on a different level. Yeah. It's hard to say because it's fun to find, um, like, the, in, the inspiration that the writers take from myth um, and put in the game. And it's all over from myths of all different cultures. I mean, they, right. the writers at Bungie clearly love mythology from all around the world. And it's, it's fun to find those little like Easter eggs. But then you have to find, decide where you're going to draw the line of parallels between the stories and the lore of the game. Right. Like there was I, a, I sort of have a rule that unless it's twice or more, I don't think about it. Yeah. Well, like there was even a post once somewhere 
um, that was talking about Osiris and that Osiris, the um, Egyptian god, has a twin. So Osiris in Destiny must have a twin. And right. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> well, when, we, when we talk about Osiris in the Vex, he does have some pretty strong parallels in the sense that, right, Osiris is cut into a number of pieces, tossed into the river, and lost in that river. Um, right. To be assembled later by, I believe, his wife. Um, Isis. Yeah, Isis, thank you. Um, <laughs> but while he's in the river and his body's in the river, he becomes king of the underworld. Uh, so there's, it's, it's not unrelated theme-wise, uh, especially when you think, at least from my understanding, all, all time talk for the Vex is water-related. I don't think they talk huh. about time in any other way than stream or river or conflux, um, all of which are water terms. Right. Right, so is it, is it completely unrealistic to think we were supposed to say, okay, Osiris is torn up, shredded, tossed into the Vex gate network, and will return, um, but currently might even be king of the Vex underworld, um, in the same way that I would say, you know, Persephone is queen of the underworld, perhaps Osiris is somehow... Anyway, uh, that I don't know, like, that would be, like, pure speculation, um, but this mystery cult I don't think is. The more I researched it, the more I thought... I think this is legitimate, and I want to give some reasons why. Okay. Uh, but when we talk about Demeter and Persephone, um, I would say, again, they're clear, and their worship, their specific worship, was done in this Eleusian mystery cult. So in the Homeric hymn, which I have written as Jim, um, the Homeric hymn to Demeter, uh, it's book 294-95 if you want to look it up later, uh, if you ever need Greek stuff online, the Perseus Project is really good because it'll give it to you in both, like Greek and English. That's um, useful. Yeah, so if you're like, I wonder why they translated this word this way, let me look that up. Um, anyway, and so Demeter, looking around, can't find Persephone, says, and no, no one of men or deep bosom wo woman knew where they saw her until she came, the she is here, Demeter, came to the wise house of Celis, who was then lord of the fragrant Eleusius. Vexed in her dear heart, she sat near the wayside by the maiden well. Um, and vexed there is actually not vexed as we think of vexed in the sense of like confused or, you know, overwhelmed, but it's sadness, right? She's, she's grieved. She's tragic. Um, so when we talk about this mystery called... Uh, since the mystery is involved in visions and conjuring of an afterlife, again, this is from my new favorite thing, Wikipedia, uh, some scholars believe that the power and longevity of the Elysian mystery came from psychedelic drugs. Um, and let's take something like the Vault of Glass Hunter helmet. Forged from the cores of hens and vex, this is the flavor text, if you feel a sense of revelation, remove immediately and inject anti-anthenogens. Um... And what's an anthenogen? An anthenogen generates the divine within and is a psychoaptic substance used in religious, shamanic, or spiritual contexts that may be synthesized or ordained from natural sources. Right, so we have this idea that, much like the mystery cult that I've been talking about, 
that Lucy Mystery Cult, um, there's some psychoactive anthenogenic property to the followers of what I would say is Demeter and Persephone. And if we imagine, right, that's what's happening in the Black Garden is they're having this worship that we interrupt um, for whatever reason. Perhaps it's similar to what um, Vex Speculation Man was saying, whose name I cannot remember. My ninja hates you. Oh, he does? <laughs> that's, that's, his, that's his handle. <laughs> well, that makes Right? Either way, they're certainly worshiping. Yes. Right? There's certainly, or that's what we're meant to believe anyway. Well, it even says in the Books of Sorrow that Coria, like, mm. a adopted the religious worship in order to try to get, you yeah. know, a throne world or whatever. Priesthood right. And all of its sub minds to believe in worship. Right. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. So they're okay to use worship as a tactic. Um, and the point of this mystery called is to gain a better afterlife. Right? So if we see the Vex, they only have this pattern, birth, death, life. Is it unrealistic to think that with all the religious um, talk in the Vex and the Vault of Glass, right? you have the fanatics, you have the Templar, um, the oracles are a religious function in Greek life, right? You would consult the oracle to see what the gods thought of your plan, um, and they would determine you're worthy. Um, and you also had to be cleansed, by the way, to talk to an oracle, which is where I think the cleansing comes from. Um, and they would decide, are you worthy? And from there, you would carry on, if you were worthy, your quest. Uh, yeah, so anyway, these are some of the things that make me think, okay, there's something there more to the story um, than a simple, you know, why are the Vex worshipping? You know, is it just because they saw the hive do it and they thought, oh, that's pretty effective? It was my assumption that um, that was where they started failing in their in their war against the hive and so right. they adopted it as like oh this is a tactic that like we are not succeeding here but and they are they are doing this so we should try to do that and see if we win you know right. that seems like very vex logic it works, right it says they gain power by worshiping the worm right uh, but in other senses like is does the black garden not predate the hive by billions of years we have no idea. I don't, yeah, I don't know have, if we know that. I don't know if we have that information. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to look that up as well. I'm fairly confident it does, but that might be, like I said, I've been doing this now like so intensely that sometimes it's like, I can't remember where I heard what or what's true, so I try and... Well, and the thing about the Vex is that we know that they can pull buildings and, and architecture from other timelines, mm -hmm. Right. Um, so when they made something or how old something is, is kind of irrelevant to them. Relative. Yeah. <laughs> because like yeah. they could just have, like maybe the Black Garden might be new in this timeline, but they just pulled it from the other one where it's, you know, six billion years old or whatever. 
Right, right. Um, anyway, yeah, I do want to move on from this. Sure. Uh, only because I think it's actually the most interesting part, but it's the hardest to prove. Um, <laughs> but it is part of it is that it, it has to be a mystery, right? Um, it has to be hidden, uh, hidden on pain of death. Um, ooh, also, the last thing, they have a secret chest, which makes me think, if it is true, maybe there really is this extra chest that we don't know about. <laughs> well, that we do know about, but can't find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, did, we didn't talk about Hermes, right? No, so we have not. I want to talk about Hermes really quick and then maybe move on to who Kabir and Pahanan are. And my best guess at Praetilith, although I think it's the weakest thing I have to say, so take it with a huge grain of salt. Um, so the rescuer in this Persephone story, which again is what I think the Vault of Glass is, is Hermes. Um, and Hermes is seen as, uh, this is a direct quote here as well, uh, considered a god of transitions and boundaries. He is described as quick and cunning, moving freely between the worlds of mortal and divine. He is also portrayed as an emissary and messenger of the gods, an intercessor between the mortal Mortals and design and divine, um, and I would say the parallel in, in Destiny is actually the actual stranger, um, whose identity, as far as I, nobody else is claiming to know who they are, definitively, right? No. Yeah, um, I mean there are some small things like she doesn't have a ghost, so it leads us to believe either she's not a guardian who can die again, or she's not a guardian. Well, she she says that she's not a guardian. Oh, does she specifically? Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Or she she says I'm not one of you or something to that effect. Not forged in light. Yeah. Not. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so she's described this way. Her grimoire card says: Legends say this anomaly dissolves in and out of the world, intangible and elusive, as if she is a visitor from somewhere else beyond. Which I would say, kind of sounds like Hermes, right? Um, moving freely between the worlds. Sure. Anyway, so in her second grimoire, it says: Watching guardian hive engagements. Confirms a trajectory towards Earth. The moon is theirs, a breathing ground, their black heart perhaps. Different from what we know, but seems to be the same end that I see us fall to over and over again. Um, so that same dark end, uh, although the Vex aren't the only people with a tragic dark end, seems to fit with the idea of her being actually Vex. And her being similar to the way that Hermes brings about the rescue of Persephone. I think the Exo Stranger leads us to the vault and leads us to the Black Garden so that we may be used by the Vex to defeat fate, right? Because Guardians have that power. It says we make our own fate, mm -hmm. right? We, I mean, maybe not on our first run, but after our 45th <laughs> fight, right? We be on like he's nothing. Right. right? We, we run through the vaults like it's no big deal. Um, and the Exo Stranger can see that and I think brings us to the vault to free Persephone and to free the Vex from their prison or their vault. Um, which I would say, again, is, is a ruse of the Vex in the same way that Korea is able to see, okay, this is an unwinnable scenario. I'm going to set up some experiments, learn what I can, and do what I need to do. Um, I think the Vex see their battle with fate and say, this is unwinnable. I need something paracausal hey, the Guardians will fight anything that moves. Let's set it up, get them down here, get them fighting. They can defeat fate for us. Right? And we move through past, our like birth, life, death, that cycle, commonly called past, present, future, 
kick some butt, take some names, go home, day is done. Um, but I think ultimately in that, we're freeing the Vax. Uh, I have a bunch of quotes here from Korea's cards and Atheon's cards, which you can read at another time, but um, I'm not sure how pressed we are, if you guys even have a time limit. Hmm. <laughs> 45 minutes so far. Yeah. That's confident. Um, well, okay, so so let, let me ask yeah. you this. <clears throat> I, I follow you on, on, on all of this so far, but the if the Vex are, so are now free, like, does that just mean they're immortal now? Like, what, what is their end goal of being free from this cycle? Um, yeah, I think ultimately to be immortal. I mean, that's what Oryx says, right? He says that yeah. they want to be immortal like me. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand what they're doing. Like, I don't understand their end game, like how they're going to accomplish it, right? Because Oryx is going to accomplish it by just killing everything. Sure. And last man standing. That's his, you know, king of the mountain style. Um, which we defeat because we're awesome. Right. Uh, but the Vex, I think, see us, see our ability to do those sort of things, to, to defeat the Paracausal, defeat the Ontological. And they're like, okay, great. You defeat our enemy for us, and then we'll use our power of being able to spread throughout all time and just wait till the Cabal take you out. And then we'll be laughing. Um, okay. But I, I don't know if that's their exact game plan. And again, this... I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I have all the answers. Like really, what I'm saying is that cycle is Persephone and Demeter, um, but I, I would speculate and extrapolate that their end goal is to get us to do their dirty work, much like they do with the Fallen, much like they do with the Taken. Um, I think the Vault is set up for us to go into and rescue them from. Okay. Okay. If that, I don't know if that makes sense or if that's. Yeah, it does. It just is... The Vex are so enigmatic in this way. Like, it's hard yeah. to under, to follow what their reasoning is. Like, I, I can follow their actions. Like, they're doing this. Like, they, you know, they called mm -hmm. us in because we're paracausal and they couldn't see a timeline where they defeated the Taken, so they needed a paracausal being. Like, I follow that logic. But... In the grand overarching logic, I'm like, I don't know what your end goal is. <laughs> so, yeah. for sure. I mean, they don't seem to be in nearly as much of a rush as we would be, right? Because they span across eons and they have no problem. You know, if they need to wait for something to be slightly different, they're just going to wait it out. Right. So it's, yeah, exactly. I think they have an ability to wait that we don't have. Um, and an ability to see ends that we don't see, which is what I think is important. Yes. Uh, so lastly, at least for my, my part anyway, um, I just want to talk about who I think Kabir is and who I think Pahanan is. Um, Go for it. I think, yeah, I think that Kabir, uh, is named for his qualities and I think his qualities, um, the kind of person he is and his fate, which, you know, I, believe it or not, the game Destiny, I think, is primarily about fate. I, 
I don't think they accidentally titled it Destiny. I think there's a reason it's fate. I think there's a reason it's that tricorn, right? We have the three sisters of fate. We have that cycle continuously. Um, but Kabir, I think, is incredibly close to the Greek word, which describes um, primarily Achilles, although some other people as well in the Iliad, and that's care. And that would be, we would probably pronounce that something like K-A-R, K-E-R, um, it, or like C-H-E-R, something like that, right? Um, which, again, is remarkably close to Kabir. Uh, so we see a couple of the things. Kabir is fated to die. Like, he's absolutely dead. There's no question about that. Or is he? Mm. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm pretty confident he's dead. Um, Praetith calls him reckless, which pretty well describes Achilles. I mean, you don't need to be a Greek historian to see Achilles as a reckless warrior. Um He's certainly the hero of the story, of the Iliad. Uh, and in a way, he's legionless, right? He's not alone. He doesn't go to Troy alone. He goes to Troy with the Achaeans. Um, but like 10 seconds into the Iliad, he's sitting by himself at the ships. And he says, I'm not fighting for you. I do my own thing. I do what I want, you know? Um, but then when he wants to fight, he just goes in there and slays Trojans left, right, and center. It says that he slays half their men. Um, right, which is the picture we get, I think, of Kabir. Some other evidences, I would say, is that Kabir's armor, um, his, his breastplate is called Kabir's Wrath. Um, and the Iliad is actually, uh, the first line of the Iliad is, sing to me the wrath of Achilles. Uh, but again, in Greek, wrath is the first word. Like, the Iliad's just about Achilles' wrath. Because um, he gets slighted by Agamemnon, wrath. He gets, um, his best friend gets killed, wrath, right? Um, that's what he does. He's like a rage monster in a way. Um, but he's also the good guy, question mark? I don't, <laughs> I, it's hard to say in a battle like that who's really the good guy. Um, but certainly from Homer's perspective, he's the hero. Uh, he's... This, I think, is a little bit more interesting and a little bit more... Um, supported, and I think that's because we know more about the Grimoire. Um, oh, also, when Kabir drinks of the Vex and it tastes like the sea, that um, that mystery cult, their like drink is the entheogen. They they all sort of drink it at a certain point. Nobody really knows because again, it's a mystery cult, and become not themselves. Right? They become not Kabir. Um, Hmm. Again, the may, may or may not be anything, but I kind of like to think it is because I think it's. It would be really awesome to say that the Vex, who we thought were these super awesome space robots, are in fact super awesome space cultists who get super wasted on LSD. That um, would be really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not pro LSD, but if you're gonna be a space robot, <laughs> you should uh, be a, a tripping space robot. Yeah, yeah, that's why they travel through time. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we talk about Pahannon, uh, and Pahannon, there's a couple of things we know about Pahannon of his qualities. He says he knows Kabir, he's not his friend, but he knows him. Um, he is the only survivor. He is in fact the totality of all the survivors, right? He is all survivors in it. Um, and again, in the Iliad, we have this character, 
And in English, we call him Aeneas, which is nothing like Pahannon. Um, but his name is actually from, and I'm going to butcher this, and I don't know why, Anion, which means terrible grief. Right? Um, and all, so in, in Greek, when you want to say all something, you say pan, like pantheon. Sure. Uh, which is a map, isn't it? Yes. Um, I haven't actually played Destiny in so long now. Um, right? So <laughs> all, all of the survivors is not unreasonable to think pan anion would be a great Greek translation of every survivor um, stricken with terrible grief, right? Which is what we have about Pahannon. When you read the super good advice Grimoire card, it says he was terrified. He didn't want to go anywhere alone now because of all the things that he saw. Right. Uh, and if you imagine the only survivor of Troy um, is Aeneas, he was also stricken with terrible grief, terrified by the things he saw, terrified to go anywhere alone because all of his people got killed by the, the Greeks. Um, and if he's a Trojan and not a Greek, he would have known Achilles, Kabir, but he would not have been his friend. They would have, in fact, been enemies. Um, although there's a certain level of respect between all heroes in the Iliad. Um, right? They don't just, you're the worst and your mother's a whatever, right? They, <laughs> they see each other as respectable warriors in some senses. Um, and just like Aeneas becomes the archetypal survivor in stories, um, I think Pahannon becomes the archetypal survivor in Destiny. Um, and again, we talk about fate. Aeneas is said to be fated to escape. Basically, Achilles is going to kill him, and fate intervenes specifically, and he's spared. So if I'm correct, and there's a strong influence of the Iliad, I would say Aeneas is the inspiration, whether or not how deep that goes, I don't know. But I would say he is the inspiration for Pahannon. And then lastly, which is, again, this is the worst, and I, it's a total stretch, I think, but I had nothing else to say. Pradith, I think, is Patrolicus, maybe. Um, his only character characteristics, really, that kind of match is that he dies in the Iliad, and he comes back as a ghost. Um, and basically talks to Achilles and some of the other people there and says some things. And in some ways, Pradith dies and comes back as a ghost, right? We hear his voice through the Vex network. Um Again, I'm totally admitting this is super weak. I'm not saying that's anything. His name could be derived from fire death or pyre death, which is how Patrolicus is. Um, he's killed. He's killed and then burned on the, the pyre, right? Um, and then they have funeral games, which is apparently a thing that they did. <laughs> anyway, I, I would say that that's the inspiration for the three characters that we have. Um, Pahannon and Kabir maybe whatever I, I don't know about that as much but I buy it thanks it's all <laughs> yeah I mean again it, it's it's not like right in your face but it's it's right there there's something right there that you're like that's so strongly related to this um, that it can't be accidental absolutely well and it was like we were talking about a little bit earlier you know it's it's hard to draw the line of where it's influence versus like you know just taking the template and copying it over 
like and where the des destiny story deviates from the mythology. Right. Well, and I think the beauty of destiny is they're weaving a bunch of things together that you know, even if they were one to one copy, like the weaving is what makes it amazing. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the Greeks don't have time travel. But weaving this story of Persephone and her different parts in different times throughout the ages is, I think, like pretty genius, you know. Um, and, and the weaving of the story of fate throughout the whole story. Um, I mean, it's not a huge jump from fate to destiny, but it's a jump that I think a lot of people haven't made, you know. And they're saying, why do they call it destiny? Well, it's because guardians make their own fate, right? Um but it's more than that. It's not just that they make their own fate. It's that the Vex, who is, I would say, the prime enemy in um, Chapter 1, or whatever you want to call it, Vanilla Destiny, um, they are enslaved to fate in the sense that all Greek heroes um, and all Greek gods are enslaved to fate. They can't do anything except for what fate gives them. Um, and fate, like... So I can't remember who says it. I want to say it's Pradith, but it might not be Pradith. It says that Atheon is a needle that moves through the vault, but I don't know the shape that comes after. Um, but if you think about a needle, what's the shape that comes after a needle? It's the thread. It's the thread, right? So mm -hmm. Atheon is free to do whatever he wants, but his thread is already cut. Like he can't add to that life. Um, at yeah. least that's the idea, right? That's the idea of fate. Um, so to have that all tied in, in a way that's both its own story, but also referencing these other stories. And I'm going to argue a lot later when I do a crazy amount more research, all one big mythology story. Um, it's amazing. I'm impressed. Here's the needle quote. <clears throat> it's from the vault of glass card. Oh, okay. Um, it is from Pahinen. Um In the vault, time frays and a needle moves through it. The needle is the will of Atheon. I do not know the name of the shape that comes after the needle. Right. Yeah, and I would say, in my mind, that's a clear reference. Um, not a clear reference, sorry, but a veiled reference to the, the primacy of fate in Destiny which seems silly when you say it out loud, but I do think that is what they were going for. You know, not just, here's a cool name. But like, yeah, I don't think that there are any names that are just like, this is cool, I use this name. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. And I mean, some of them I think are just sort of tip of the hats, like three little words. Um, have you seen that pulse rifle? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a Harry Potter reference, like a tip of the hat to Harry Potter. Like you have to mean them, right? right? Meaning the the three deadly curses. Like I, but I don't think there's a whole storyline woven in. No, I don't um, think everything is going to be as deep as this. But the Vault yeah. of Glass is clear, and and since since the Vault of Glass came out up until today, it is by far one of the most popular things, both as an activity in the game and lore wise. Like, they clearly yeah. Oh, yeah, spent awesome. a lot of time and effort in every aspect of it, and it shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, every encounter, every enemy, 
Um, I was even thinking about it today. I've been listening to these um, basically ancient Greek lectures, and he was talking about the idea of a trophy. Um, and so a, a trophy in Greek is if you have two, two armies and they come together and they battle, um, the winning army takes armor from the fallen soldier or soldiers from the other side and sets it up basically on a stick right in the middle of the field at the point where they broke their lines. Because once the line is broken, right, like Greeks fought in a big line, once right. the line is broken, you just book it because you're done. Like you can't stay and fight. Right. And so that trophy would be left right there to say, hey, this is where we beat the last guys. Do you think you can fare better? Um, and so we see the shield, the Aegeus at the Templar, just as a like, hey, do you think you could do better than Kabir and his fire team? Because here's Kabir's shield. Um I don't know if that was their intention or just something that kind of worked, but there's a lot of so many little things that I'm like, man, they knew their stuff. Like the color, the bronze color of the armor was the bronze that the Greeks would have used for their armor. Um, even the name, like calling it greaves instead of like boots um, is what they would have had. Right. Just like a, almost like a shin pad, but made of bronze. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so the level of detail is mind blowing. You want to wrap your head around. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so, like, when when Kabir says, like, he became consumed by the vault, that's how I feel. Like, I, <laughs> this is, like, the tip of the notes that I have. Um, it, and so much of it, I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, I wonder if it's true or if I'm just going through this, like, anything that's kind of related, like, that has to be it, you know, or, mm -hmm. um, or what. But um, it is very interesting. Um, I found this quote actually like just before I jumped on with you guys, a guy basically claimed to find, this was a long time ago, um, in 2015, he claimed to find like the seventh vault and that he worked at Bungie or whatever. And Deej was basically like, who is this guy? He's not a member of the team. Like this is fake. And then somebody asked him about the vault of glass. And he says, as for the vault of glass, you know, I can't talk about its mysteries for fear of my own untimely demise. That could be just like a generic, like, Listen, you know I can't talk about it or they're going to kill me. Or it could be a veiled reference to the mystery, the mystery cult of Demeter, which was punishable by death. If you told anybody about that cult, they kill you both. Mm -hmm. You know, is there that level of detail? Maybe. It would be pretty awesome if there was. <laughs> and maybe they'll see that and be like, yes, absolutely, we intended that. <laughs> You know, if they get into that much detail in, in the uh, upcoming game, I'm going to be very impressed. But <laughs> wishful thinking at most, I think. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. I I do feel like I have this thing where when people say things, and if I, sometimes it just makes me so mad that I go on these crazy like research projects to demonstrate them wrong, which may or may not be a good quality. But people like would say, like, oh, the Vex storyline, it's got no depth. And I'm like, okay, I think oh. you might be wrong give me three weeks to read all these books. <laughs> and now I feel like, okay, there's so much depth. I can't even, you know, we've been talking this for near an hour and I feel like I've barely scratched my notes and it's just insane. We could probably do an entire year yeah. just on the Vex, honestly, just in terms of digging into everything that the, they've given us both in the grimoire and the actual game, because there's, there's a lot about it. Like we've, like you said a couple times tonight, there's a lot about it. And we still don't know. And the amount of, you know, 
theories that are out there concerning um, exactly what their purpose is, and but in or in your case, exactly what their uh, relationship is with the Guardians, and there's so many other theories that I've read that you know try to di- dive into that, but could be disproved at any time. That's what makes the Vex so fascinating. I think even more so than some of the en- other enemies in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like the Fallen, right? Like the first time we meet them, we're like, oh my goodness, like just a standard scavenger race. Like, who really cares? And then you find, whoa, they used to be the chosen people of the Traveler. Like. What's happening here? Like, why were they rejected? What happened? Like, you know? So I I do think that it's just, it continually surprises me the amount of depth to the story. Um, and it's, in my mind, more rewarding to do the work and mm-hmm. find out, you know? Because um, otherwise it's just a movie. And, you know, except for a couple really good movies, it's always better to read it. Well, and I think it's, there's a balance, you know, you have to have enough in the game to intrigue people to want to go and do their own research. Right. But you don't want to put everything laid out in front of you. Otherwise, like, that's boring. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You just, just got to give them enough, you know. But yeah, did you guys have any questions, comments, concerns that I... I feel like I just flew through it, and I don't know <laughs> if it even made sense. We um, we talked a little bit about how Bungie specific. I mean, obviously they're not going to steal. Sorry, back up a couple more times here. So um, we talked a little bit about how you know Bungie's not going to specifically include every single aspect of the mythology in it. We obviously find a lot of parallels, and I think we hit on tonight that you know this is another one of their the law of triples. Uh, with the uh, birth, life, and death, Bungie loves their putting their things in sets of threes. Um, the only caveat I might have uh, that I was questioning when we first got into this is obviously we think of the Guardian as the uh, let me get the exact language that you used here. Give me one second. So um, you compared us to the oops, okay. Sorry, one more second. (laughs) Sorry, I have to dig through this again. Um, Let's see. Well, you basically referenced us as being uh, the rescuer of the Vex, digging them out of the Vault of Glass. But even though we freed them from the Vault of Glass, as far as we know, I don't think there's ever been a case, except for when we happen to save them from uh, the interference of both the Fallen and... Uh, the Taken in one instance, they seem to be constantly in conflict with us. I know that we're probably not in line with whatever their pattern happens to be, but did you happen to account for that as to why they might be attacking us even after the events of the Vault of Glass, the raid on the Vault of Glass? Well, I think um, sort of what, along what I was saying before, like what Pahanan, our Pahanan, Pradith says is like, when we save them from the Taken, like, they won't spare the city. They won't even say thanks. Like, they do not care about us. Um, I, and I would say in some ways, maybe they don't even care about the darkness. Um, Ray, the, the Exo Stranger says, they're evil that hates other evil. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I don't know what that's in reference to. Perhaps it's in reference to, like, if it is Persephone. Like, I can't imagine she's that big of a fan of the Underworld at the same time as the queen of it. Um, but I would say, like, that 
it's not like we're allies or even that we're the enemy of their enemy. To the Vex, we're tools and nothing more. Um, Prada says, like, all the Vex see is the pattern. If it can fit into the pattern, great. If not, discarded. Like, the, there's no... There's no care or emotion from the Vex about us um, for whatever reason. I don't know if that's because they're so evil or because they're heartless bacteria machines um, or that we're evil and we're, in fact, the bad guys and not, you know, as great as we seem. Well, what if what if you think about it this way? <clears throat> if they are really wanting us to come and free them from the vault, then they have to do whatever it takes in order to get us in there, right? And if, right. if we're not, if we don't have the conflict with them in order to seek out their high, essentially like their higher ranking officers, for lack of a better way to explain that, right. um, then we have no reason to find the Vault of Glass to begin with. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why the Exo Stranger finds us and is like, hey, you need to go to Mercury because the Vex are there and they're so bad and you just need to start killing them. You know, when we get there and we kill a bunch of Vex and they're like, excellent. Like, just keep killing them. Right. It's uh, a, the same reason why they released the um, the audio transcripts to entice us back into the Vault of Glass. Um, right. Like they have, there has to be some reason for us to go in there. So they fight us because they know if they fight us, then we will continue to pursue until we've killed them all. Yeah, exactly. I think prior to what I was saying about this mystery call, that's actually what I thought the Black Garden was about. Like, hey, if we damage the Traveler, oh, you better believe the Guardians will come to the vault. Right. Um, because obviously we did. Right. And anytime, especially when the traveler is threatened, like you see, like emergency priority, like we need to do this right away. You know, we need that traveler because it gives us awesome throwing knives somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I'll be interested in exploring. Disney 2 or Link to the Traveler, but that's an entirely another lore cast up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not ready to talk about the traveler just yet. That's, uh, <laughs> Definitely a whole nother thing. Uh, there was there was another thought that I had, so give, uh, give me one second. Actually, I've completely forgotten it. That was more interesting than I thought it would be. Forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this was super awesome. I don't have any more questions. I think it's a super cool theory. Thanks. Mike, do you have any other questions or thoughts? It's always interesting to get someone else on here that I think a lot of the, obviously a lot of the community hasn't seen this post. I mean, it's it was on it was near the top or on the top of the desk. I I'm barely on Reddit. I'm not like everyone else on DLC. I don't frequent the community much anymore. But this this was near the top of the Destiny Lore Reddit, wasn't it? Yeah, and I I mean I think this is probably the worst time to go on Destiny. Reddit, right? Because there's not much happening. Mm. Um, which I don't necessarily think is bad, but it just means that less people see this sort of thing. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to get these sort of perspectives from, you know, community members, no offense, uh, that a lot of people haven't heard from before. So I, I like getting these outside perspectives because coming from yours truly, I've never been any good at, you know, this sort of 
theorizing. I'm, I'm more of a bring it all together and help communicate it sort of person. So I, I like hearing this and just interjecting my own thoughts every once in a while. So thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. It was my pleasure. I feel like I really like studying, but when it comes to like getting it out and on paper as like a cohesive thing, that's the difficulty. Um, and so I think things like this are great because then you get, you, you get to chat it out and you get to talk about it. Um, and like, you know, even if literally nobody ever listens to this, it was really enjoyable to like talk about it with somebody who wasn't just pretending that I was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my wife is great and I really appreciate that she does that. But <laughs> I'm not sure she's as into the Volta glass as I am. So. I feel bad for uh, uh, Chimera's husband here. He has to hear this all the, all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. He's, he's very involved. <laughs> he plays he plays this game. I don't. So you know he's got me. He's got me there. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and do our wrap. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lorecast. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us your thoughts and theories. If you'd like to help us grow, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us and other great podcasts such as the Destiny Down Under, RNG Cast, Massive Breakdowns, and Rabbit Hole Radio, and the DTR Podcast, all on the DTR Network. Vercelli, would you like to plug anything where you are to be found? Um, I don't really have a ton of online presence. You can check out my posts occasionally on the Destiny Reddit. I have a Twitter that's one star guns. The one there is just the number one. Um, don't get too excited. I don't post too much there except for no land beyond fan videos about how great it is. Um, and that's basically it. All right, Mike. Uh, I'll go last. What about, what about you, Purple? I have, I have something okay. I need to, to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Purple Chimera. You can find me on ishtar-collective.net and my summaries there and on Rabbit Hole Radio and here on Destiny Lowcast. My name is Mythos Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Mythos Mike. Um, you can also uh, find me streaming never over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv forward slash Mythos Mike. Um, you can find me lurking in on Reddit every once in a while even though I don't ever post um, and you can also find some of my old lore videos on uh, blanddestiny.com just search for Mike S and um, one last thing for everybody who's uh, made it this far into the lore cast um, I know you've been having a little bit of some host jumping lately guys but I know from uh, everyone here at DLC we really appreciate the uh, support over the last few weeks I know that our uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, outreach on Twitter over the last couple of weeks and months, and we really appreciate you guys reaching out to us and having some great conversations with you over there on Twitter. Um, you guys might have noticed that I've been a little bit absent lately from both the Lorecast and from Twitter and just from social media in general. I do apologize for that. Um, going through a bit of an existential crisis, so I, I really appreciate uh, a couple of people in the community noticing that, reaching out to me, and uh, really just being supportive through this whole thing. Purple, you've been a huge help um, through this whole crisis of mine. So really appreciate everybody's support. And I um, 
I will be taking more of an active role as DLC continues to transition over the next few months as Destiny 2 gets closer to release. So you'll be seeing a little bit more from me and hopefully a little bit more uh, participation within the lower cast over the next few weeks. So again, guys, we really, really, really appreciate your support and keep reaching out to us. We love talking to you and love having those discussions to see you both in our Discord and on Twitter. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Have a good one, guys.